I wrote a book! And because this is such a huge announcement, I am interrupting my very own podcast episode to tell you all about it. For the past several months, writing this book has been my passion project. And if I'm being honest with you, it still is. I am currently elbow deep in the editing process and it's hard not rushing through it because I seriously cannot wait to bring my book into the world. But as I always tell others, victories aren't victories because of reaching a certain destination or milestone. The victory is the journey itself. Recovery from an eating disorder isn't admirable because you can one day eat a burger without feeling guilty. Recovery from an eating disorder is admirable because of all the action steps you took to get to a place where you can eat without guilt. Speaking of journeys, that's exactly what my book will be about. Well, my first book at least. I mean, I have so many book ideas, but this is going to be the first one. It's going to be about my entire journey. It's a memoir written in the style of a novel in which I truly hold nothing back. I share my story in a way that is more raw, more vulnerable, and more unfiltered than I have ever ever shared before, uncovering parts of my life that have always been my own secret, up until it's going to be in your hands. I talk about what it was like growing up as an undiagnosed autistic girl, how my eating disorder developed because of that, how I manipulated the treatment system for years, and I mean, I get juicy in detail, um, what was necessary for me to recover, and really just every step of the journey that's gotten me to where I am today. If you want to be the very first to receive updates about my book, along with special discounts and gifts when I launch, be sure to sign up for my book waitlist over at livelabelfree.com forward slash book. So that's livelabelfree, like the name of this podcast, dot com forward slash book. I cannot wait for you to read it. And with that said, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Live Label Free, the podcast where we talk about all things eating disorder recovery, autism, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I'm your host, Livia Sarah, and my mission is to inspire individuals from across the globe to live a life in which they feel fulfilled and free from limiting labels. I am so excited to have you here and cannot wait to dive into the episode. Today's episode is a juicy one as I'll be sharing how my autism manifested as an eating disorder. If you follow me on Instagram at LiveLabelFree or are already familiar with content through my blogs, YouTube channel, and of course, this podcast, chances are you've heard me talk about autistic traits and how they are often closely linked to disordered eating behaviors. In my upcoming book, I also illustrate how my eating disorder developed based on certain personality traits, and I honestly believe the fact that my autism was undiagnosed for 20 years propelled me to turn to controlling food and exercise when I was just 11 years old. One very important thing to note before I share five of these personality traits is that autism did not cause my eating disorder as autism and eating disorders do not have a cause-effect relationship. If they did, then everyone with autism would get an eating disorder. 
This is similar to the myth that thin models or magazines causing eating disorders to be untrue because if thin models truly caused anorexia or other eating disorders, everyone who saw a thin model would get an eating disorder. And we all know that's not true. We are all exposed to diet culture and we are all exposed to the media, but only a fraction of the population goes on to develop a full-blown eating disorder. A huge factor in the development of an eating disorder has to do with genetics, and we already know, or I hope you know, that autism is a genetic disability. It's something you're simply born with. It's not caused by vaccines, bad parenting, or any of those bullshit myths that people will come up with nowadays. You also cannot treat autism because it's a disability, whereas an eating disorder is, well, a Disorder, meaning that you can treat it and you can fully recover from it. A disability is part of your identity, a disorder is not. There's obviously still so much research that has to be done when it comes to exploring the genetic link between autism and eating disorders, but I believe that awareness of these comorbid mental health issues is key. I believe people openly talking about this link, like I do on this podcast, my blog, my YouTube channel, and my Instagram, is also key. There are several statistics attaching numbers to probability and occurrence of someone who is autistic and has an eating disorder, but I don't believe these statistics are reliable because they don't even come close to the reality of how many people who have an eating disorder are also autistic. Just to take me as an example, I was diagnosed with anorexia when I was 11 and only found out about autism nearly a decade later. And this discovery was not even because someone else suspected it, but because I started doing my own research. Since finding out I'm autistic, I have learned so much. And that's exactly what I'm going to be sharing with you today. So without further ado, here are five autistic traits that manifested as an eating disorder. My first autistic eating disorder trait is that I am highly sensitive. I was a super picky eater growing up and have always been really sensitive to the way food makes me feel. I have a very sensitive stomach, which I'll be sharing much more about in an upcoming gut health episode because I know that gut issues are all too common among autistic individuals as well as those with eating disorders. So already here, the combination of picky eating and resisting certain foods due to sensitivities gave rise to restriction because I would only eat foods that made me feel safe and I would only eat foods that I trusted would not make me feel uncomfortable. When it came to my eating disorder, these foods kept getting more and more limited up to the point where I only had a few foods I felt safe eating. My second trait is difficulty with change and having a strong preference for structure and routine. All of the traits I'm sharing today are obviously interlinked, but I believe that difficulty with change played a significant role in the prolonged duration of my battle with anorexia. 
change is incredibly hard for autistic people and this can obviously be a huge barrier when it comes to recovery from an eating disorder because to recover you basically have to change every single thing you are doing whether that's branching out and eating new foods stopping the excessive exercise just eating more calories and eating foods with a higher nutrient density all of these behaviors and habits come down to changing what you are doing on an everyday basis. Autistic people cling to routine every day, just like I clung to my running routine and rigid structure during my eating disorder. But in recovery, I had to change all of these routines. And to do that, every choice I made had to be the opposite of what my eating disorder told me, which brings me to my third autistic eating disorder trait, and that is difficulty choosing. As an autistic person, I have an incredibly hard time making choices. That is why I have so many routines in place, to prevent me from having several different choices. Because when I do, I get so caught up on making the perfect decision that I get overwhelmed and end up not choosing anything at all. This phenomenon is actually called analysis paralysis and is very common in individuals with anorexia as well as I unpack further in my episode Interoception in Autism and Anorexia. I highly recommend you go listen to that episode if you want to learn more about the scientific link between autism and anorexia. One very relevant topic I discuss in that episode is that anorexia seems to be the quote-unquote solution to analysis paralysis because when we can't figure out the quote-unquote perfect food to eat, we end up not eating at all. And this loops back to why the development of eating disorders is so common among autistic individuals. The avoidance of analysis paralysis through food can appear on two opposite ends of the spectrum, meaning pure restriction, or it can also manifest as overeating. On the restriction end, simply not eating may become a coping strategy for not having to face the decisions I just shared. When it comes to overeating, however, sometimes it's that we can't choose what to eat that we may end up eating everything and then feeling overly full. But because autistic people are super sensitive and feeling full can feel very uncomfortable, they may turn to using dangerous behaviors such as self-induced vomiting or exercise to purge. I've personally experienced both sides of the spectrum from simply not eating enough to abusing exercise. So if you are dealing with any or both of these behaviors, know that you are not alone and there is a way out. Have you listened to my free audio training yet? If not, you have got to get your booty over to my website right now and download the audio training three steps to recovery from an eating disorder as an autistic person. If there is one question I get asked the most when it comes to autism and eating disorders, it's whether or not I believe it's harder for an autistic person to recover from an eating disorder. The fact that this is such a common question is really no surprise as autistic traits are often the root cause of the disordered eating behaviors. I believe my own eating disorder was simply a manifestation of my autism. Obsessive interests, the need for predictability and routine, difficulty with change, being sensitive, 
as soon as you mix food and exercise into this autistic assemblage of traits, it's literally a recipe for an eating disorder. So then how does an autistic individual approach recovery from an eating disorder? Well, that is exactly what you will learn in my free audio training. While listening, you'll be guided through three simple steps to give you the clarity and confidence you need to use your autism to your advantage in recovery. It's like having a private coaching session with me on demand. To listen to the free training, all you have to do is head over to livelabelfree.com forward slash free dash audio training and you'll be on your way to learning the skills to fully recover from an eating disorder as an autistic person. Achieving a state of full recovery from an eating disorder will be a different journey than for someone who is not autistic but that doesn't mean it has to be harder. I did it which means you can too. Now let's get back to today's episode. My fourth autistic trait that led to the development of my eating disorder is literal thinking. Looking back at my childhood, I believe, scratch that, I am certain literal thinking was a huge factor in the development of my eating disorder at such a young age. And honestly, writing my book has been such an insightful process because it's really made me aware of the ways I try to navigate life as an undiagnosed autistic girl. One story I share in my book is how in fifth grade, I started learning a lot about health and nutrition. This is also when we had to start taking fitness tests during gym class. So as someone who was a perfectionist and wanted to be the best at everything, this combination was a perfect storm for developing disordered eating behaviors. In nutrition class, we were given a lot of blanket statements such as that you should eat an apple instead of chips and that eating quote-unquote too much sugar could cause diabetes or obesity. My detail-oriented brain took these quote-unquote recommendations very literally, so I truly feared that I would get sick if I didn't eat the quote-unquote healthiest option or work out for the recommended time each day. Quickly, my latching onto these recommendations became super obsessive, which leads me to the fifth and final trait I'll be sharing today, and that is having an obsessive personality. Because we all know that disordered eating just revolves around obsession, whether that be obsession with healthy eating, more specifically the case with orthorexia, obsession with calorie counting, and an obsession with exercise, an eating disorder should honestly better be called an obsessive disorder. As anyone who struggled with disordered eating knows, it's not actually about the food or exercise, or dare I even say about the relationship with the food or exercise. Food and exercise are simply tangible things, things autistic people can easily control in a world that wasn't built for us. We can't control or change the stimuli everywhere. We can't control or change the fact that neurotypicals don't make plans, and we can't control others' judgment of our lack of social skills. But we can control what we put into our mouth and how we move. So if you think about it this way, it really is not strange that so many neurodivergent people go on to develop eating disorders. But with all of that said, I want to reiterate that just because you may have fallen into an eating disorder due to being neurodivergent 
does not mean you have to stay stuck in one forever. As I illustrate in my upcoming book and am always talking about with my clients in one-on-one coaching and in my course, Extremely Hungry to Completely Satisfied, awareness is the very first step to change. Understanding that my eating disorder was a manifestation of my autism allowed me to stop being a victim to the disorder and instead learn to embrace my neurodivergent brain. Discovering I am autistic was, for me, the key to full recovery from an eating disorder as it allowed me to recover on my own terms without trying to fit the mold of what I believed recovery to be. If you want to learn how to fully recover from an eating disorder while embracing your autism, be sure to download my free audio training in which I will guide you through three simple steps to give you the clarity and confidence you need to use your autism to your advantage in recovery. It's honestly like a private coaching session with me on demand and packed with so much value. So I'm super excited for you to listen. I'm also excited to catch you in the next episode. So bye-bye for now. If you're hearing my voice right now, you are stuck in eating disorder recovery and desperately want to recover but don't know where to start due to feelings of fear and overwhelm. And this podcast is here to help with that. On this feed, I do my very best to share everything I've learned on my own journey to guide you through the scary process. But let's face it, it would take me years to share every piece of research I find or every recovery strategy I have here via free podcast episodes. And the thing is, you've been struggling with an eating disorder for long enough and you cannot afford to spend more time merely surviving at the mercy of its grasp on you. So if you're committed to getting your life back, or should I say, discovering the life you were meant to live, I highly recommend you book a coaching session with me or 12 as I currently offer a 12-week coaching program and after many, many, many requests, I also offer single sessions so you can book however many of those as you may need and together we will work on shifting your mindset. We will create a roadmap of the life in which you're living to your highest potential and we'll come up with action steps that are feasible for you and your life because nothing is worse than feeling overwhelmed. So we'll come up with the exact steps that you need to take to achieve that dream life of yours because in the end, you've only got one life. Simply come visit me over at livelabelfree.com and I'll see you on the other side, my friend.